it's a very unconventional podcast because today we're actually on the road. Yeah. On the road again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's nice, right? Yeah. So today we have with us Mauricio Aravello. And yeah, something like that. <laughs> Actually, it's Arevalo, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's uh, fine. It's fine. I know. Well, oh, that's, this is awkward now. Since no, it's not awkward. Actually, <laughs> my name is kind of difficult for people that says like when I don't know Mauricio. I don't know why people that that speaks English they find it hard to say Mau. It's they say Mauricio. It's 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 real, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, I it's don't fine. usually. Uh, have heard Mauricio before in like the English language a lot. I don't really hear it. It's like, like Maurice, like maybe? Yeah. It's Maurice. Maurice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, so um, Mauricio is a writer. He's a professor. Uh, he lives in Colombia. Yeah. Talks Spanish and Portuguese, maybe yeah. another language. No, it's Spanish, <laughs> English, and Portuguese. Oh, yes, English. There we go. And that was the other language. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just a little bit of everything. Um, he's also my family member, um, married to my cousin. And um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, welcome to the United States <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah yeah actually that's the last part is the most important one a member of your family that's Aww. that's why I'm here right <laughs> um yeah well hey everyone thank you thank you for having me here thank you for the invitation it's always like beautiful to have great conversations with you and with people um I love your conversation. so yeah <laughs> yeah well uh, I was born in Colombia I'm 30 years old, and yes, uh, now I am a teacher and I am a writer, um, but I think that for me it's really difficult to say what I do because I've I enjoy a lot of things in my life, mm -hmm. and I felt that once you become a professional, like society makes this pressure on you to find what are you going to do with your with your profession and I studied literature so it was hard for me to find like a way to to, to express to yeah but it's not it was not only to express but also like how do you live <laughs> from art right like how do you produce money from art that yeah. was really important for me to find a path that was productive but also like satisfactory for me so when everyone <laughs> asks me what do you do it's really difficult to explain because I am like a teacher by day and an artist by night because I I have like I invest my free time writing or like doing my personal projects uh, creative or journalistic projects yeah. so I really like that balance in my life like I really love my kids and I really love teaching yeah. I think that it's such a like great thing and you learn so much from like the young generation yes and you sort of begin to value other things as you get older you like also kind of learn from them as well yeah actually I feel that 
I yes, I, I'm I'm growing older, of course, as everyone else, but I I feel that working in the school is such a is such a privilege because I am able to keep my soul young, and I like to and I like to do that because I learn a lot from my students. So this this balance in my life is really important, like uh, having the opportunities to learn from my students, and also having the opportunities to meet new people, and to write about new experiences. After like <laughs> when I go out <laughs> the school, yeah. I just do whatever I have to do that day or whatever I feel like I have to do that day. So it's it's pretty much amazing. I feel complete. And I remember that when I was, I teach in an international school back in Bogota. And I remember that one of the interviews, like the job interviews I was doing, they asked uh, what I wanted to go back to classrooms. Yes. And, I, and I remember that I had this feeling that something was missing in my life while I was not teaching. I was like... Uh, writing all the time and doing my own projects all the time yeah. but I missed the classroom I missed the education I missed my kids my kids so it was that was one of my answers like I want to feel complete again yeah that that's so nice like it's it's like a balance of different things that sort of come together and make you as a person in a way um, yeah because they're, they're like I feel a lot arts is like the unknown and the discovering yourself and knowing who you are and just branching out but then you sort of still need that humanity the the humanity that sometimes you can't really find in the arts because it's so much about discovery and so when you when you say you're like kind of gravitating or like you know um you find that you're missing something and it's the kids that you teach then it sort of becomes like that humanity that you bring to your arts. Yeah, I mean, there are two ways that I really like to think about myself. The first one is that I think that I'm sort of like a Renaissance man. I Right now, like, society keeps telling you to be very specialized in one topic and to become like a very knowledgeable person about like something very specific yeah. and I I don't enjoy that like I want to learn about everything, everything. I want to write I want to dance I want to teach <laughs> I want to do podcasts I want to talk to people I'm a people person so um, I think that I really enjoy like I don't know, like living new experiences through art, mm -hmm. through education, through like yeah. uh, other people's experiences. And the second thing uh, I like to think about myself is that I'm a I am a people person. I like to hear people's stories. Uh, I think that the testimonies, especially. Uh, coming from Colombia yeah. I think it's really important to hear what other people have to say because well I'm a, uh, my passion is also literature so literature is about like 
I don't know, picking a little bit of yeah, it's kind of the like other person experience, yeah. Sort of a little bit of the history of that person or this emotion or like this sort of like setting or I mean when when I write or when I create like a script or something it's kind of about that it's but it's like this little segment of this person's life or this person's feeling and what goes on uh, you know like what happens during that time and yeah and I think that in Colombia right now there are a lot of people like very diverse people were <laughs> people from very different backgrounds and very uh, like um, different places in my country I think they want to share their stories so I somehow feel that Colombia needs right now more listeners to to feel that echo in their stories yeah, sort of like, listen, because I don't know, I I get very discouraged when there's like a new like story about the narc trafficking or anything like that, because there's a, it's not all like that anymore, you know, and it seems like it's what we all hear. I mean, in the United States, you're coming from Colombia. How is that setting? Is it any different or do you like still hear all like? Well, uh, <laughs> I think that Colombia's history is a history of violence, and that's something you can't deny. Um, it's it's been changing tough, but when you say it like that, it sounds like a very structured, like cliche. Yeah. Like let's not talk about let, let let's not talk about Colombia in that way. It it sounds like a advertising uh, campaign or something and it and I know what you and I know how you feel because it's so bad to go to like I don't know to come to the US and say that you're Colombia and then everyone keeps asking you about Pablo Escobar or yeah, yeah it, I know it's hard but it's a history we can't deny and I think it's really important to em embrace our history to know it and to actually know what happened in order to not repeat it. So we are in a very interesting uh, like historical moment right now because for the first time in our history we are talking about peace processes and how can we create reconciliation after that violence okay, like events exactly. So that's why I think that now we need people to listen to the other people's stories mm -hmm. because I think that that's the place where we can start to rebuild our country okay. of course it's not like I don't know if you've watched this movie but Mr. and Mrs. Smith they have this first scene in Bogota that it's totally not so Bogota <laughs> it's like a Bogota in the jungle it's like yeah, oh, oh my, my god, god. Like, what did you do I huh? haven't completely watched it but I, I there was one day we were I was with me my boyfriend and we were like um, they were like showing it and I was like wait what that's like not Colombia yeah that's not so <laughs> Colombia um, and and something really interesting that's happening from this like 
peace process is that tourism has been growing and increasing. So there are more and more people coming to our country because it's such a beautiful country. Yes. Uh, like any plant you want, it's uh, yeah, it's very it's biodiverse. So, yeah, it's it's very biodiverse. So now that people start to see that it's not as dangerous as it used to be, mm -hmm. there are more people going and knowing our culture that it's really, I think it's worth it. Because um, yeah. we have like the most beautiful people and the most kind people in the world. And very lively. I mean, I'm always, I mean, you know that I love Colombia and I would yeah, I know, die of course. many times. You're Colombian. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, many of my friends come here, you know, they are from Colombia as well. They, you know, they were born there. They, they came at the same age that I did, but they don't feel a lot or any more connected to it. You know, they like it to go out and travel and visit, but to make like a living there, they wouldn't do that. And it's, it's kind of well, because they grow up and there's a different sort of. And change. I think that, like, I think that my relationship with Colombia is complicated as well. I love my country, uh, but it, it is, I don't know, I think that it is, it is as in a relationship with someone. So if you are with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you know that person, well, you, you acknowledge that it's a complicated relationship. You acknowledge that the other person has like, um, that he or she makes mistakes, for instance, mm -hmm. or that person has history and you can't change it you, you you will have to learn how to love that person knowing that history and oh. knowing that so, so so that's my relationship with Colombia like yeah I cannot deny what happened and it's really difficult to love it because so many th terrible things happened there uh, so sometimes I understand the people that just uh, they they run away from a lot of things mm -hmm. in Colombia. Yes. Um, I didn't have to run away. I live there and I, I'm really happy there. But sometimes I wonder, like, why? What the hell are we doing? <laughs> or why the hell did that happen? That's that's something like I mean so very special of being Colombian yeah. I know that you can be proud of being American and you can say like yes we're Americans mm -hmm. I cannot say like I am proud of being Colombian but okay. I try every day and I try to embrace my culture mm -hmm. understanding that it's not all about like good stuff but also to try to change the bad stuff wow that's nice. Yeah, it's like coming to understand it with what you have and sort of dealing with that. And I think that's what a lot of people have problem with. Like just anywhere as well. Like realizing what reality they're in instead of living in a dream. And then kind of making things happen. So Yeah, and I think nationalism has its issues. I mean... Um, you were born, w I mean, you were born in a place, mm -hmm. and that's 
a matter of luck. Yeah. Like you don't you don't earn it, you don't deserve it. So it's it's only about randomness. So it's like family. So you were yeah. born in the family that you were born. You didn't choose it. You just learn how to deal and live with it mm. and how to love it. That's very true. Oh my god. I I love I love just the idea of thinking thinking that it's like sometimes we like we you know we go through life and we do things and stuff but we don't realize what's truly happening or what's going on and and then you sit back for a moment and you you think about things and you're like i don't know i just I, what you said it was like it resonated a lot with me <laughs> <laughs> yes of course <laughs> but just like your book which resonated with me so um we said you were a writer and um tell us a little bit so you've written two books now yeah uh, they've been published and are out for the public uh you can get it anywhere Actually, in Colombia. and you can get it here in new york oh really yeah there are five copies of my book here in new york my Ooh. first book you can uh pick them i think they are in a public libraries i don't know where exactly but they yeah. are oh so um tell us a little bit about your first book yeah um yeah um yeah so tell us a little bit about that and what was uh how was that like how do you started it uh what was your kind of motive for it or um, you know yeah I, I remember that I started to write that story of Juan well mm -hmm. just for a little context alguna vez jugaste las escondidas that it translates like have you ever played hide and seek mm -hmm. um, it's a story about a young man a 20 years old man um, who makes this decision of committing suicide um, but I also like to think that there is no this is not the story of a person that tries to kill himself but the story of a family trying to save mm. one of its members life its members, yeah. um, so after Juan makes like the, 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 he makes this decision everything is going to change like among them um, and I I just I wanted to talk about suicide because when I was a teenager, I thought a lot about that. Like, sometimes I felt, I don't know if I could ever try to kill myself. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's something I could do. But I remember that when I was a teenager, I considered it. Because mm -hmm. I grew up in a very repressive uh, school oh, okay. uh, it was a very traditional conservative catholic school mm. so their values were kind of against my values right. but i was a 15 years old man so i wasn't pretty sure about what my beliefs so yeah, you were I still kind of learning yeah that. so yeah. i had the struggle in my mind like is is this well, is this feeling that I have is this are there the, the thugs that I have wrong mm. um, and I remember that sometimes I felt that the world could be 
just better without me because that was the message I was getting like you are a senior you will never I don't know you you will never be able to get married for instance and and I said like okay let's let's try to like to solve these dilemmas through literature Mm-hmm. So I remember that when I was 15 years old, the philosophy teacher asked um, for a paper about happiness. Yeah. And I I never wrote that paper. I started to, <laughs> to, to, to write the novel. Mm-hmm. And from there, I just keep rehearsing, like, to write uh, once and again. Mm-hmm. Um, to, like check this draft that I started to collect and little by little it started to be to become what it is today oh yeah so you've been like on a long process with it when did it get public I think it was 2014 yeah 2014 okay It it was 2014 and it was it was very it was very important to me because uh, when I was deciding if I was going to be a teacher or mm-hmm. what the hell I, I was going to do with my life, I decided that I wanted to be a writer. And I remember that uh, my boyfriend from that time, that is my husband today, that yeah. it happens, that is your cousin, <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, he, he told me that I was I was doing all my paper stuff to go to study to Brazil and I was wondering like I was not so sure about doing a PhD in literature yeah and I was in the middle of a crisis and he said like do you really want to go there and I said like no but I have to because I had this idea that if I didn't have a PhD I was going to be a loser or something and he said like no you don't have to do anything what is what is that thing that you really want to do and I realized that that thing was to become a writer and a published writer oh, wow. so when I got my novel and I had like the first copies in my hand yeah it was like oh he was so damn right I wanted to be an author yeah it was really important for me it was really important for my family and I was telling you just before that it was really important like to realize that there was a part of me that I wanted to just let let go go. Mm -hmm. but it was so nice to keep this memory of Of how I was in my teenage years like in a way of like what you were thinking and what you were visualizing at that moment yeah and the struggling I had Mm -hmm. because I I think it's really valuable to have this privilege to see your fikes yeah to realize how was that journey that you made Mm -hmm. to be wherever you are right now that's very true I so I'm a you know I'm a youtuber on the side and I do my little YouTube videos and stuff sometimes but I originally had done like this um, blogs 
and my first vlog I remember um, I, I watched it a few days ago and I felt like like I was so surprised how in a way sad it was because I was so lonely back then I was it was my first time going away from home um, I was going into a new like space because I you know I live in Long Island but I was going to Brooklyn which is still Long Island um, and you know this is all in New York City and uh, but Brooklyn from where I live in Long Island is so much different and so doing that experience but then at the same time not knowing anybody I was like am I crazy for being here like what am I doing like and yeah, so I, I started this um, this vlogs to sort of keep keep me company you know I would like just videotape myself you know I'd be riding the bike I'd be going to class and just like this is me this is me with my camera and, and my experiences and uh, and then you I look at back on myself I'm like wow like I went through so much and look I'm I was very strong there were like times that I could have like probably done really bad things yeah and, and yeah. I think that 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 thing that happened to you it could happen to someone else yes. when when they they, they watch your videos when they read your stuff some of them might feel identified with that yeah. and that kind of connections well it's really important because uh, as you were saying it's, it's some way to fight loneliness but mm -hmm. also it's a way to create community yes. it's a way to uh, uh, to be somehow like empathetic with others so my students right now they are like uh, 14 to uh, maybe 17 years old mm -hmm. and when they read my novel they, they, they feel identified with that so feel connected. yeah they feel yeah. connected so they talk to me and, and, and they have these opportunities to just ask questions and yeah. and and to do something about what they are feeling so it's a very it's a very good thing that mm -hmm. people have some reference you know yeah i i mean i'm 23 right now but reading your book i i could remember the girl that felt the same when the same way as juan which is the yeah. you know the main character but i was like you know i even like i show you um before you know how i like underline certain like sentences and stuff that were just like so deep i felt them in my heart i was like whoa this is this is the way i thought so it's, it's so <laughs> nice to not you know i think my younger self would have also felt like enjoyed it in a way that i wasn't alone in my struggles but at the same time, like I was telling you before, for me, it was like scary maybe trying to read that. And that's why I waited two years to actually read that because I was like, or two years, four years, because um, I was like, I'm not ready to face my own demons away. But writing does, I mean, or, or reading does so much. It, it helps so much people. I, and I don't think we do it often anymore, which is kind of upsetting, you know, kind of sad. Um, I mean, we do we do listen sometimes, <laughs> yeah. But um, and we visualize more things like videos and things like that, but we don't space out 
in the literature world as much as we used to, uh, at least in the United States? Uh, well, I don't know how it is in the U.S., but I know that in Colombia we're having this discussion around the importance mm -hmm. of teaching literature and art and philosophy in the schools. Yeah. And for me, it's so clear that it's necessary because we need the spaces to think about ourselves, to think about our society, to, f to think about how we connect with other people, how we create community, and, and especially to, to give spaces to people to think about ethics. Oh my goodness! In That's in in daily life, like yeah. with real examples, with uh, probable examples, uh, and I think that literature is one way to talk about this. To talk. To 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 live in a secure space. Uh, some things that that maybe you don't live in your daily life, mm -hmm. but that can teach you something. Yeah. Um. I I think I I haven't read it yet, <laughs> and I apologize. No, it's fine. My um, second story. Yeah, but okay. I want to go into the second book because doesn't it deal a little bit with ethics, or it deals like with the human interaction between kids that are yeah. like. So tell us a little bit about the experience well, of that book because this is. Uh, it was a very very interesting and difficult experience because. Mm -hmm. This this is a play, yeah. Yes. Where a literature teacher in a school in Bogota, that is a, that happens to be an international school in Bogota, um, they are like in the middle of a class, and they hear something mm. clearly, and they feel that it's a shooting. So they feel that they are not safe anymore. Yeah. So they make this lockdown in a closet. Mm. And while they wait to be rescued, mm -hmm. they start to show their true colors. Um, but it, it, it was very interesting because, well, because I think that there are two reasons for that. Yeah. The first one is that the process was very interesting. It was uh, like a um, product from a, a, I don't know how to say this in English, pero fue como una, eh, un, un laboratorio de creación colectiva. Mm. So there was so this like group. Yeah, kind of like a group coming together and creating like a literature piece. Yes. Mm -hmm. So each one was writing about like something well actually it was about fear about we fear. all were ri writing about fear um, but it it was like a l you, you were working by yourself mm -hmm. but you had a lot of readers like su making some suggestions to your story oh, so okay. I wanted to talk about uh, eh, El Encierro about entrapment yeah yeah and about the fear of being in in el encierro and i wanted to talk about the f like this thing that happens to you yeah. once you've seen death mm. like 
if when you feel that death is like uh, upon you yeah maybe you will turn into someone someone else yeah it's very true death changes a lot of things in people and the way they feel or think yeah well it, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a matter of survival right mm. but um, the the thing is that I started to write about these topics mm -hmm. in a different context I was talking about the uh, genocide in Rwanda because oh. it, there was a story about the bathroom and a group of women that could save their lives in, in, in this bathroom mm -hmm. and they were um, locked down in the bathroom like for three months or something like that oh and I gosh. wanted to write about that but my my colleagues started to say like it doesn't sound like you it is fake it's something yeah. that you haven't lived I think this is not the story you want to tell and I just broke down like oh my god what the hell am I going to do and yeah. the, the clock was ticking because it has like deadlines to and I mad. had to to, 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 to start to, to look what was the story I really wanted to tell so I started to explore my own fears mm -hmm. that's how it became what this it story is now. Yeah. yeah because I started to say like what are the fears that I have mm -hmm. as, a, as a teacher what are the fears that I have with my students mm. And I started to realize that there, this relationship between uh, teachers and students is more complex than we thought. Wow. It's very true. I, I, we were talking about this uh, two months ago, was it? When you were here with, in New York City yeah. with Ivan, which is my cousin. And um, I, I remember telling you about, you know, the short little film I made and, and how untrue it was to yeah, who I, remember. I was. I remember, yeah. I was like, you know, I, I love the, what we made. It, it was beautiful in its aesthetically form. But then I realized, like, this is not, like, this is not my story to tell. Yeah, it's it's not me. I haven't lived through this. This is what I seen through the media, you know. Um, and and I and I made it to. I kind of romanticized the idea of it yeah, so of much, course, I and that. it just became fake. And so, for you to go through that process and change your route and now become something bigger and something that's true and you can speak about and dialogue with with students because I know you recently I think you were in a what was it a, like yeah. a cine cinemateca or what was yeah, it yeah it was we've been doing this cycle of like dramatized readings mm, with okay. uh, some uh, actor and actresses okay. so uh, it's been it, it, it's been really interesting because every time that the play faces the audience yeah it something happens with people you know my biggest fear with this story is that it's a story about a bunch of teenagers with 
what a teenager can be. So it's mm. it, it can be deep, it can be very um, like superficial, yeah. it can be immature, but it can be beautiful. So my fear was that it became like young, um, young adult fiction or something, like literature for the youngest one. Oh. <laughs> and and every time that we we make these readings, mm -hmm. I realize that some adults they connect with the story as well, because oh. this is not only about uh, a group of kids trying to survive. Yeah, is it is a group of kids realizing that they are growing up. Oh my it god! It is That's a group amazing. of kids that uh, are coming of that in, in that the coming, in of age. the coming of age. Like they are in that kind of a stage in their lives, so it's easy to connect because, well, that's something that everyone has experienced: this yeah. fear of adulthood. Adulthood, it's uh, something else. <laughs> I know, I know. And then you, you, you want to be an responsible, like a responsible adult, mm. and it, it, it is not possible. Yeah. Never. I mean. <laughs> Don't laugh, Neve. <laughs> Neve is laughing <laughs> and driving. <laughs> How are you feeling, babe? I'm good. Aww. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Oh. Um, no, yeah, definitely adulthood. It's something that we're all trying to sort of become better at, um, in a way. Um, sometimes I hear, like, a lot of people say, oh, you millennials... <laughs> Oh yeah, you I know. think everything is easy and you cry about everything and stuff but I don't know it's just like it's such a different world and what they went through it, it was different and how we dealt through it was different and yeah and I mean you know I think that the we <laughs> as millennials mm -hmm. somehow we are kind of like disappointed about the reality they created yeah because i think that they are they were they were good they were good at what they they did of mm -hmm. course they they built something important yeah but also the the world they left us is so squared that you don't feel free in any space of your life mm. and i think that's something like and you feel what so kind rushed. of life is it if you don't have some way of freedom like some way yeah. of feeling that you can do what you want to do but there's also there's i mean yes you want freedom but i feel like there's some some goodness to the structural sort of yeah. in a way um it gives you like a set ground it gives you like a way of feeling like you can do life um i don't know like you can advance in a way uh, because there are certain steps you have to meet but at the same time it, it can be open it doesn't have to be like even if you don't get to the step that doesn't mean you're a failure but i think yeah. that's the part we're trying to get rid of and change you know yeah, and I also think that we have more opportunities thanks to them. So I, I don't want to be like eh, desagradecido, <laughs> yeah. But um, you're like nothing. <laughs> yeah, no. 
we, we have more opportunities mm -hmm. but when you have more opportunities you 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 have this kind of responsibility to make the right decision mm -hmm. not only to like the others but also to yourself yeah so I think that um, we've been doing some some like, like, like we've been starting some important conversations mm -hmm. around like for instance with our responsibility with the world like mm -hmm. with the uh, nature with oh, nature yeah for I mean instance especially with nature right now and we've been continuing on like w these conversations on human rights on very important diversity on, so I think that yeah, yeah we're, we're not crybabies <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not easy you to have be a millennial <laughs> yeah I know no it's uh, it's definitely hard but I I love I love when I was born I love where I was born I love where I'm heading through in life and um, and everybody has a path and neither one is right nor wrong um, I think we just all kind of make our own decisions and try to live the best life that we can I mean there's only one who who is to say that uh, we well right yeah wrong. yeah of course I, I I have this belief that uh, everyone is has the right to to be right but mm -hmm. I also know that there are a lot of people that are like yeah using this this kind of stuff to um, make other people like make like harming other people mm. yeah and they like say Trump. like <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> well I mean or like Maduro <laughs> <laughs> well no I I think that they, they are saying like oh well, look I have the right to uh not to, to to not to feel this or, or to i have the right to disagree with the uh, gay people and it's like mm. Mm, yeah i think that you are right to not be comfortable but you are you don't have the right to deny rights like this no, is the yeah, paradox of the tolerance like tolerance cannot uh be tolerant with intolerance do you understand that <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I do, I do. No, I mean, it makes sense, but I, I know that everyone is just building their own paths. Mm -hmm. But also, I know that there are paths that are bad for the other people, and mm. that's something that we shouldn't be uh, like allowing. Yeah, like freedom is not a matter of oh, we'll do whatever we want because I think that's oh, something I mean, like yeah, no, no, that's too crazy that's that's a crazy thought yeah, I lost I lost <laughs> <Because> my shoe <laughs> um yeah. what yeah <laughs> no I mean you there is there still has to be sort of like like what is was saying like certain like basic rules to to s not limit freedom but shape it but it's like so hard because everybody wants a voice in what freedom is and how can you determine that for the whole world or for at least the community you live in uh, okay, the family well, uh, you're in I, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure about it but mm -hmm. I think that the golden rule is called like that because of like yeah because of something right yeah 
so it's easy to know where you are taking a wrong path or you are making a wrong decision it's easy yeah um but well i don't know i i i am not the person to <laughs> give like moral lessons or something <laughs> um all right so we're gonna go for a quick break in the car okay <laughs> we actually don't have soup today even though this is called broccoli soup cafe and we drink soup every time but we have sandwiches <laughs> Yay! so we're gonna take a quick sandwich break um made with ham and cheese that we already sort of ate a little bit and we will be right back okay perfect <laughs> all right all right What up, everyone, and welcome back. We just took that quick break, ate some sandwich, and now we're back. Now we're back. <laughs> so um, you s mentioned before, um, you know, that you were in this, like, Catholic school yeah. uh, when you were younger and you felt, like, comfortable. So tell us a little bit about the... Cause a lot of people, you know, don't know you and um, they wouldn't really know your background. So okay. um, just tell us a little bit about the relationship um, in terms of being in Colombia um, and how does that feel well, getting married as well <laughs> in Colombia? <laughs> well, um, I think that the, the most difficult of mm -hmm. growing a very uh, like traditional school in that time mm -hmm. was that they keep they kept telling me that oh so for the for the people that might be listening um oh i don't want to say it like uh, no no i understand what you're saying so I, i'm going like to say it. i'm going to, i'm going to say it. i'm going to say it. it's okay it's okay <laughs> don't worry um but the thing is that I grew up with a lot of gender stereotypes, right? Mm. So uh, I remember that I didn't like PE because my teacher yeah. made me play soccer and I didn't like soccer. Mm. I, I, I preferred like basket or, or volleyball with girls and I didn't care about that. Yeah. But he kept telling me, like giving me that kind of message that if you didn't play soccer, you were not man enough or that it w was uh, like too gay right until one day i said like yes i'm gay who cares i don't you do do you and he just fr like, he just froze himself and said like oh my, god. oh my god this is so uncomfortable yeah and i said like oh look this is the new york times Oh yeah, so we're passing by the New York Times. <laughs> we're driving right uh, now through Queens. Well, so, <laughs> sorry for that. Uh, I mean, well, you are a writer, so you you do have that, you know, you yeah, can't have know, that reaction. <laughs> But mm, it was really hard to grow up mm -hmm. in this, um, like very very machista and stereotypical uh, society because yeah. they kept telling me that as a man and as a straight man yeah. I should behave this way and this way and this way 
Um, but once I just get out of the closet, mm -hmm. it, it got really easier. I mean, once my parents knew, I give up what the world thought. I yeah. mean, the, 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 the what they the, wanted. Yeah, no, the people, the, the the world just the people, the most important the people for me knew me, mm -hmm. loved me, no matter what. So for me, it was like yes, okay. I'm going to say it to the world and I started to talk with my friends Yeah. and I started to talk with like everybody and I don't have like a label in my head like it says like gay man yeah. uh, but I have a family now no I, I am married with Ivan and and he's the most important person for me like in the world yeah so I am with him And every time I go to a party, it's with him. And every time I, I, I got an invitation plus one, he is my plus one. And people should know it, and that's it. And that's And I have never felt, of course, I felt like difficult situations, mm -hmm. some kind of homophobia. But I've been never been victim of a very violent homophobia. Yeah. Because I've been, like, very fortunate about that uh, I have like the love of my family which the is support so of my friends. important I yes. feel like and especially for for s <laughs> I don't know how to phrase it but for someone who uh, it's looked at differently because he likes different type of gender which in no way should be any like whoa like you're so different or you're an alien yeah, or you're a stranger or you're a monster or any of that it shouldn't be like that um it's just another person loving another person and yeah there's that's true yeah and so it's so nice when like your family it's helping you because the whole world may be against you but you don't care about the whole world in a way you care about wh who's most important to you so that person you love your family your friends i mean you do care about the world but in a way that's like the safety space that we all have in some way you know even if you might not like or enjoy your family um or you might have confrontations with them they're still the number one yeah. persons in your life i mean Back in the 80s, when uh, gay gay men or or lesbian, mm -hmm. they they uh, got out of the closet and the families rejected them. Yeah, they started to like become friends and grow up as a family together. Mm. So they they used to talk about the family you choose like the family mm -hmm. you chose and that's that's yes. that's the family that for instance took care of them when they started to uh die because of aids oh, so yeah. um i think family it's a very important concept today because i believe that uh, all this sexual revolution and all the freedom that we've been talking about um with this starting point of gender identity and gender expression and yes. sexual orientation, I think that kind of freedom 
has uh, started a really important conversation about what family is, mm. right? So yes. because maybe for our to our, our grandparents, they thought that a family was a man and a woman and maybe a ten kids. <laughs> huh? But today it's really different. Like you yeah. can have a family, uh, like I don't know, with you your dog. You can have a family like two men, two women. You can or even have like different religions and exactly, different yeah. like uh, multicultural, yes. multiracial, look like everything in a family. It's exactly. like a a very small demonstration on how the world is working today. Mm -hmm. So I think that fight they gave. Yes was not only important because now I can get married or because now I can adopt, but mm. because now we understand that being a man or being a woman, a woman, sorry, or being or, or I don't know, loving someone, it's something that you can do with your own criteria and that you can do freely. Mm. So you don't expend uh gastar yeah you don't expend your life oh okay you don't trying to uh fit in a box yeah like what you were saying this like square life that exactly. the they had made yeah. before it's it's S more like so i think this f this fight for uh gay rights mm -hmm. or transgender rights it's not a fight only for them yeah. It's a fight for everybody that believe in the power of love someone freely. Mm. I love that. Loving just it's such a it's a it's a pure thing and it's such a vulnerable thing that we can all yeah. go through. And yeah. uh and when you love the right way and when you can feel it is is such a blessing. Um so it's nice that we're kind of being more open about you know like you can love anybody and like you said you can even love your dog you know like i love pugsley so much like he's my kid and um and it's it's just some sometimes people might just connect with just animals and just be alone but they're not yeah. lonely and sometimes they might connect with the other gender and, and, there's and there are wrong with there that. are single people mm -hmm. that decide to be single and it's okay. Fifty yes. years ago, um, that people were questioned about why you choose not to have a family. Right, and but now it's like that's the thing, the power of choosing. Like, it is your choice. Yes. And that's something that we just take for granted, but it's really important to actually have choices. Exactly. Like, if I want to get married. I should be able to get married. If I don't want to have kids, mm -hmm. I should be able to not want, not not wanting to have kids and not be questioned about it. Like, oh, mm -hmm. are you, are you sure about that? Because motherhood is like the best thing that can yeah. happen to a woman. It's like, yeah, that's good, but I don't want that for me. Yeah. So I think we've we've won we've won a lot of fights, um, and I think it's a better world not only because I can marry Ivan but because people are starting to see that love is 
something else. <laughs> yeah, it, love is something else. It's not owning a person, for instance. It's not yes. like uh, it's I don't not know, just like a contract only, right? Mm. It's not about contracts. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Mauricio, <laughs> I I love having you here. I mean. You know, you and and Ivan came about two months ago, and I was so happy. We enjoyed so much. You know, we, w we went out on Eve and stuff, and it was just so nice. And having you here again, I feel I feel like it's home. You know, oh. and um and just hearing about your life here and what you want to do and and what you're doing and how happy you are, like that's so powerful to me. I always like enjoy hearing people's stories and what they're going through and um i don't know it's just i feel like it's it's like um in a way like journalism but in my inside my head it's yeah. just happening and like i'm storing yeah. all this knowledge and all this like stories and it's so amazing no i i think i i have the same feeling than you i mm -hmm. mean I love New York that first time I came and now that I am back I just feel like home yeah. like I, I think first because this New York water in fall it's exactly the same water in Bogota so oh, yeah. it feels like I'm I'm in Bogota but only bigger <laughs> um, but but also because I have great like friends and family members here mm. like you yeah. so it's all always the first thing i do when i go to a city where my family is yes like i just landed today folks <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, the you first just the first thing i did it was like okay lucy when are we going to we're not going to see each other so it was really nice and thank you for like having this conversation with me no thank you for for being here going apple picking with us <laughs> in the middle of long island really deep the end of long island okay yeah <laughs> um i wanna you know since you're kind of a little bit arding, i just kind of wanted to hear from you kind of just to tell the audience a little bit maybe like a lesson or maybe something that you feel inspired to tell them or something that you wish that they could follow um maybe even that they could listen or something that you feel like it helps you through with life uh, i feel like we always have it rough sometimes and just something to hear to listen to or to well. understand <laughs> helps I've, I've in Bogota. I've worked with, I, I'm working with like the most privileged families in Colombia. So mm. they are like the wealthiest, richest <laughs> uh, families, mm -hmm. and and I always tell them like, look, I am where I am because someday someone believed in me. I am not I know I, I know that I am talented. I, I I mean I know who I am, but yeah. I also know that if it wasn't for someone that said like look he is great, I'm going to give him a hand Yeah. I couldn't be here where I am. Mm -hmm. So I always tell them that because I think that we forget 
how powerful we could be in helping others so i tell them like look did you have these great privileges yes do something about them do something with them and be help humble. others yeah <laughs> because we we are just not existing alone in this world yes, right so i uh, learned that a lot in film <laughs> of course yeah. yeah yeah you do nothing by yourself in in, <laughs> in <laughs> oh film <my> yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be very chaotic or i mean uh, yeah you could advance in a way but there is it's it it won't be a good advance i think you need people you need community you need yeah a sense of belonging and in a way and it actually feels really good to support other people yes. and it feels like uh, you know for me that's the greatest part of being a teacher mm -hmm. to be able to s to 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 serve others mm. like and not serve like in a useful way yes. but serve from the heart right so so yeah i, I don't know if it, <laughs> it is like really Great. important but <laughs> but yeah that's that that, that was the, like the last thing i wanted to share oh my god i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> oh no tears. <laughs> tears of joy tears of joy you know you, you you told me that we were going to dance not to cry <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> No, we were planning on dancing at the end of this podcast, but then I realized they're probably only hearing us, so how are they gonna hear us dancing? <laughs> okay, so this is <laughs> us <starting> dancing. <laughs> this is us dancing. Left hand wiggle. Well, it was great having you in this podcast. Thank you, um, Lucy. It was a thrill and um i can't wait to read or hear more about anything that you will do in the future i'll tell you um, the news and traveling since you and yvonne travel a bunch um yeah i'm totally blessed to have you in our family oh thank and you and <laughs> now <laughs> now i'm cry. going to cry <laughs> tears tears, <laughs> of joy, tears of joy <laughs> um but it was great um and so we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we will catch you guys up on the next episode. So okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Lizzie. Bye. Bye. Thank guys. you. Bye.